Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And guess what, Wilson? We just lost Brinson. We did it, Breach. We did it. We voted him off the island before the start of the Sunday recap show for week 10. And Wilson, we've been playing this queue for nine weeks. Can you believe it took this long? We did it. It took two and a half months, Breach. We got Brinson to do the very beginning of the introduction for the week 10 NFL recap show on we Sunday just night. become best friends. Yep. And then he just said, adios a week before they go to Mexico to play Monday night. How do you explain that? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. The podcast, I'm Will Brinson. I apparently have a computer Chrome problem. I'm your host, John Breach, Ryan Wilson. You already heard from them. What were you, uh, you you're talking about Breach leaving for Mexico during the, the NFL season? Vacationing as a, as a working NFL writer in Mexico during the season? Is that what you're talking about? Turns out, no, I wasn't. <laughs> we were talking about you. Uh, the one time you showed up early, then you get kicked off by uh, the internet gods for reasons. Like, like, like the, the, the internet gods waited till like I was like, like literally like three seconds into the podcast, were like, and you die. Anywho, smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Turn on alerts, subscribe. You get notified when we go live after every primetime game, after every Sunday night. And we will get to. Speaking of Mexico, that's where the 49ers are going next week. We'll get to the 49ers in a minute, but we're going to start with probably the game of the year. And you know that it's the game of the year, Wilson. When you get an alert from the CBS Sports app, everyone should download it, use it. Um, if if you're one, of, if you if you text or DM me at any point, and you have like the Yahoo app, you're like, "What's up with this score?" I don't ever want to talk to you again. Use the CBS Sports app. John Breach wrote. The five craziest moments of the Bills Vikings game on Sunday. And it was a great article. Let me just say that how crazy is a game that it can have five crazy moments where every single one of them are jaw dropping. Oh my God, did this just happen? And four of the five happened in the final 60 seconds and or overtime. So, so full disclosure, just from, I mean, like I, I like to be honest with our listeners. Um, do you guys have Y guides where you are? With the, it's like a couple. Like, no, I don't. It's a YMCA activity. You know, it's, it's it's called it's called spending time with your family, being a good father. Wilson, I know you don't know about this. Yeah, John's never been. have done any of that. Um, the point being is that they have a fall outing, out uh, and you know, I mean, I don't. I mean, like, look on a Sunday, I don't, I don't. I mean, I'd rather work and watch football, but I don't want to be a POS father. So went out there. I will tell you this: when 
you know a game has gone off the rails. Like we're, we're I'm watching it on my phone, but like you know it's going off the rails when one, I have people like like random dudes that I know who just saw us like standing by our where our crew was, walk by and be like, dude, did you see that Justin Jefferson catch? And then my dad is texting me. When my dad is texting me about a Justin Jefferson catch, you know that a game has gone bananas. So breach in order. Give us your top five moments from the Bills Vikings game. All right, let's start with number five. Came in the third quarter. It was Dalvin Cook's 81-yard touchdown run. Look, this is a play that people forgot about. That's how bonkers this game was. The second longest touchdown run of the season. The longest touchdown run of Dalvin Cook's career. And the Vikings' longest touchdown run since 2012 happened in this game. And no one remembers it because everything else that happened uh, was so crazy. So, And that kind of spearheaded the Vikings' comeback. They were down 27-10 to 10 at the time. The Cook touchdown t- cut it to 27-17. And then the next four on the list, I'm just going to all tie together really quick because they are all related. Uh, forget <laughs> Josh Allen's overtime interception. He had that big interception in the second half on fourth and two. This is, you know, like I get it. You have to get rid of the ball. So I do like that he threw it because <laughs> you hate when a quarterback takes a sack on fourth and two. Literally is anything better than taking the sack or throwing it out of bounds. Or no was, remember that time Derek Carr spiked the ball on the ground? Like fourth down. Yes. <laughs> and then like it got, people got mad because we he got called out for it and no you get a, you got to try to give someone a chance uh that was an interesting decision which so, maybe Breach, can... let's stop and talk about that quickly so okay, 11 good. minutes left in the fourth quarter 27 17 following the, the dalvin right okay exactly so it's, it's at the plus seven yard line fourth and two and alan said after the game he goes i, I just threw it in the end zone because i i wasn't gonna take a sack there at that point you you, you just you're out yeah. of options so breach you're on team field goal there to go up 30 17 well my feeling there is that you're up. If you go up 30 to 17, they have to get two touchdowns, which, and obviously they ended up scoring 33 anyway, but that took till overtime. Um, It just changed the complexion of how the opposing coach is going to coach against you when they're down two touchdowns versus a touchdown and a field goal. Um, So yes, at that point in the game with, like you just said, with just under 11 minutes left, I'm taking the field goal on fourth and two. Here's the other thing. Uh, Pat P made the interception, our own Pat P all things covered along with our dude B Mac. He returned the ball to the Buffalo 30 yard line in the process. Josh Allen in his frustration and infinite wisdom tried to punch the ball out, went down to the ground, hands on head. And you're like, Oh my God, he tore an ACL. He broke his ankle. No, it's his right elbow. That was already not a hundred percent when they played. And you're like, dude, just get out of the way. Don't do that to compound uh, the fact that you're already out there and playing, we should. That's how Cam like basically ended his career was trying to make a tackle on a pick six attempt by the. Uh, and Steelers. here's the thing about Pat P. He did not have a great game in the first half. Devin, Devin Singletary juked him twice on one drive in which Devin Singletary ended up in the end zone. I think Singletary scored twice in this game, so it was a nice comeback in the second half from Pat P. And uh, that ended in a uh, Kirk Cousins like celebration on the plane ride home. Yeah, that that uh, next play. Yeah. So. The, yep. yeah, and I and I do after you get through the plays, I do want to circle back and talk about the last uh, ten quarters of Josh Allen's play. But go through your plays first, Breach. Okay, so we'll just so the next three tied together. The, one of the plays on this list is the crazy catch you guys already mentioned, Justin Jefferson, fourth and eighteen. The man had literally no business catching this <laughs> pass. Kirk Cousins just throws it up. The defender has it in two hands. 
Jefferson has it in one hand, falls to the ground, and like a magic show, like Harry freaking Houdini <laughs> rolls over and has the ball in his hand. I have no idea Bridge, how that you feel, like a, you feel like a big magician guy, so that's a great, great analogy it, it, there. It was, like the, it was like the Odell Beckham catch, but if someone else was try, also trying to catch it at the same time, it had a much better leverage and position and could have, like, big, like I guess, smaller hands. I don't know. Like, there's no way that should be a catch. There's so, like, there's like six or seven moments when that catch is happening where you're like, this is not going to be a catch. It's an interception. And then you're like, oh, he's actually got the ball. And you're like, uh, that's that, it's not going to be a catch. That's not going to be a catch. That's going to be a catch. You're like, oh, my God, he caught that ball. Um, where where does it rank for you all on all-time catches? Because it's it's up there, right? Number two behind George Pickens catch against the Browns on that Thursday night came earlier. This, this season or all-time? All-time. All I mean, I think it's top five. Obviously, the catch is your favorite breach. I well, I'd have to think about it. You know, like there's the helmet catch in the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, there's a few. But let's, see, I, let's, see, let's see this season. Where does it rank in this season? I feel like it's number Easily one. Either. One, right? George Pickens is one for me for personal stop reasons. It, stop it. Mr. Bisky threw the ball. Imagine Mr. Bisky having that sort of ability to complete a pass without the help of George Pickens. Of course, this this catch is fantastic and amazing, and it's probably number this, one. This catch is number one for the for the year for sure. Well, we'll see. We have, <laughs> we have uh, current currently three months ago. Yeah, and, and I would, I would, I would bet that you know when the SBs do that, it's like play of the year NFL. Like this, this catch should be minus one seventy five to be the the play of the year. Yeah, especially given the circumstances. So, breach mentioned fourth and eighteen, minus twenty seven yard lines, just over two minutes ago. The ball came. He came down with the ball. JJ did at the plus forty one. Um, Actually, one twenty to go by that point, and the Bills are trailing. Excuse me, the Bills are winning twenty-seven to twenty-three. So, what happens next, Breeze? So now we all know that uh, the Vikings drive straight down the field. They get to the one-yard line. It looks like they're going to win the game, but no, Kirk Cousins gets stopped at the goal line on fourth and goal from the one-yard line. It looks like game over. It should be game over. The Vikings only have one timeout left. There's only fifty seconds left. So, literally. All the Bills have to do is gain one inch twice. Get it on first down. Vikings call timeout. Get it on second down. Run out the clock. Game it's over. over it's over. Yeah. That's it's it. Over, it's over. Yeah. It's, the only, that's the, really the only thing you can't do in that situation is try to sneak and fumble it and have the opposing team recover it in the end zone. And. And it's funny you said it. Well, even if you take a safety, that's not even the worst thing right. in the world. Right. I guess so, like, like Josh Allen, it'd be better off if Josh Allen turned around and launched the ball into the like into the stands. I think would that be safety, or would that just be a well. And the thing is, no, I mean, yeah, because it's backwards, backward lateral out of the end zone. But so I, you know, and Sean McDermott wasn't thinking safety because if you take the safety there, it becomes uh, a game, and you could lose on a field goal. And you, you could lose on a field game. goal, and there's still 50 seconds, and the Vikings still have one timeout, so they would just have to get in field goal range with one timeout. So I think he felt like there was enough time for Minnesota to do that. So we're not taking the safety. And obviously Josh Allen fumbles the snap. And I think I read the stat that in the past 20 years, that has only happened on the goal line twice. And Brinson, you know who the other person to do it was? Philip Rivers, I'm guessing. Nope. Josh his name rhymes with Josh Allen. <laughs> Josh Allen is the only, t- only person to do this over the past 20 years is fumble at the one yard line like that. Um, the way you said it with such confidence, I assume it was somebody I really liked. So, so Breach, I wanted to mention, uh, you Going back three plays prior to Kirby not getting it on on the, the that final little plunge into the end zone coming to pinch it short, the the first down is when Kirby tripped. He was tripped by right guard Ed Ingram. 
He had right. happened earlier in the game, and he tried to throw the ball backwards like he was uh, Marcus Mariota the other night. And luckily, the, the running back, I think it was Alvin Cook, recovered it. This time, he he didn't do anything. He just held on to it. And that took them from what was like inside the two after another J.J. catch, after the catch we've just talked about, and then set up the chain of events that got them into that situation where Kirby had to go for it on uh, and didn't make it there on fourth down, setting up the, the, the most improbable play it feels like in, in this season. Improbable. So you have Josh Allen fumbling it. You have Eric Kendricks recovering it in the end zone, which, by the way, according to the NFL, uh, was the first go-ahead non-offensive touchdown scored by a trailing team in the mm. final minute of the fourth quarter since 1986. So that is how improbable this is. We're talking about things that happened in 1986 when Wilson uh, was 30. You know, you know, Wilson was like Wilson was like driving his Camaro up and down. Uh, I, was in, uh, I was in sixth grade. 86. I was in sixth grade in 1986 thinking about uh, wrestling. By the way, by the way, uh, today marked the first time in NFL history where three teams and they were all from the same division, too, which is wild. The Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers all won their games after trailing by 10-plus points entering the fourth quarter. Vikings, of course, are the Bills, Lions are the Bears, and Packers over the Cowboys. Pretty nuts. Uh, Rich Rich Arnberger, who used to pay for the Patriots, now does a radio show, actually tweeted this out. I thought it was pretty funny. Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen had back-to-back two of the worst QB sneaks in NFL history. Somehow. The QB sneak works like 90% of the time. We saw it fail twice in a row um and then obviously the funny thing was there's still 48 seconds left in this game the bills are only down a field goal and it was like you have too much time for josh allen and they did and that brings us to another crazy play uh which would have been even crazier if the vikings had lost is that the bills got into field goal range thanks to a long connection from josh allen to gabe davis the 20 yard throw really set up uh what ended up being the game tying field goal the only problem is it was an incomplete pass but the officials decided not to review it. This was with obviously under two minutes left. Replays can only be initiated uh, from the replay booth. It's not like Kevin O'Connell can go challenge this. And the booth didn't blow down. They didn't say they were going to replay it. The replay clearly showed that Gabe Davis bobbled it, and they just kept playing. It should have been an incomplete pass. So Tyler Bash, field goal, and they go to overtime. Walt Anderson was asked about that after the game. Did you see his quote? Uh, he admitted it. He didn't. Oh, yeah, he's like we. He's like we he, screwed up. <laughs> he didn't. No, he didn't say that. He he said uh, New York did not buzz, so it wasn't even the booth upstairs. This is New York's responsibility inside two minutes. He said, "Look, uh, it should have been reviewed. We saw the replay a few plays later. I don't know if he's looking at the scoreboard or what." So, and he, so, it, I, was saying, I had the quote. Uh, Lindsey Jones um, was the pool reporter for the for the athletic. Was a pool reporter and also the uh, president of the PFWA. But um, she asked, "He's like, why wasn't there a replay?" He goes. It was a significant distance, distance down the field. And even though it happened fast and Buffalo hurries the line of scrimmage for the next play, if the replay official can't confirm it was a catch on that long of a completed pass, we should stop playing to ensure it was a catch. In other words, he's like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, it was not my fault. Then, so that she asked, that, that would be a booth review and then go to the league office in New York. Yes, because we were under two minutes. It has to be a booth review. It cannot be a coach's challenge. Did you get a chance to see it? We were able several plays after to look at all the angles. It would have been reversed to an incomplete pass because he did not maintain control of the ball after he hit the ground and the ball touched the ground. The ball touched the ground out of bounds. But Wilson, to your point, what is happening here? I mean, what what are we? This is a fourteen billion dollar business, and everyone who's watching this game—you be watching your phone, you be watching from a distant point of the bar—you know what happened. And the NFL can't 
buzz Walt Anderson in time to say, hold on, bro. Don't let the next play happen. What are we doing? They, I mean, it's it's good that the Vikings won because it's just one of those things where, I mean, this is what happened to the Saints. If the Vikings would have lost, every Vikings fan in Buffalo would have marched straight down to New York City and burned down NFL headquarters. But Breach, here's the thing, and they would have had every right to do that and uh, justifiably so to throw eggs at the building, but don't hurt anyone because then you get in trouble. That's but, the, I mean, what happened to the Saints? I mean, the Bensons were absolutely irate. Sean Payton was irate when they got screwed on that PI that wasn't. And what happened? But okay, now hold on. It, the difference, though, the difference is that, the, and, and granted, it was pass interference, and we all agree on that. But pass interference is a subjective call, a, an opinion call, and this, an incomplete pass, no, is no, a fair enough. You're right, black you're right and about white that. Call. Absolutely, but it was black and white PI as well. My point is that if you get screwed, guess what? You are screwed. Uh, we will see you at your next game. Please shut up about it. Right. Yes, I guess. Yeah. So there's no recourse. So, I mean, you know, as Brinson said, uh, just hit the button, man. Even if you don't know. In college football, they stop this stuff all the time. Yes. They eight-hour games, and it frustrates the crap out of me. But at least they, they get so many more calls right in college it, football it, than the NFL, and it's insane. It, it, college football. So, like, the difference to me with college and NFL, when you're watching a college game, and I agree, like, college football games are way, way, way too long. But you and, – and look, some of that is the clock and the first down stopping and all that. But you know – when there's like a questionable call, you know, you feel comfortable knowing that the officials are come running in, waving his arms, and they're going to stop the clock. They're going to look at the, the the situation and figure it out. In the NFL, you have, and again, I'm not going to go on a big tangent about this because I've done it 50 times last year. You don't know whether the NFL is going to buzz in and be like, actually change that right now or whether they're going to be like, eh. I'm drinking a margarita right now, so I don't really know what's going on. Like, go ahead and keep playing. Like, th there's no consistency to it, and it's humiliating for a league that has less teams, has more money, and is better officials and not amateur. Like, it's and, crazy that they can't be as good as college football. And one thing I'm going to say is that since it's on the booth, the coach has no power when there's under two minutes left. Right. That that should eliminate the rule that if the team runs the next play, that you can't because. I get it when there's when it's when it's on the coach's shoulders. That's like, can you get your challenge flag out fast enough before the team runs its next play? Are you confident enough in your challenge to throw it before the team runs its next play? That's just part of the mind games. But when the coach loses his power, the NFL should be able to buzz in and say, look, we have to review this. We don't care that you just ran this next play or blow the play dead or do whatever, but it's on the NFL to get that. Brandon Brandon Staley agrees with you. Well, and, and like, and there's some just like I'm in the comments too right now with it. But it's like also you could now it's a penalty for challenging a play under two minutes. But if you challenge a play under two minutes and they're like, Stop actually, it. it's a penalty. They're like, uh, hold on, uh, we have had time to review that. We are, or you know, call, I mean, that's why I think that coaches sometimes like miss the mark. And, and I'm not saying this particular one, but like, call a timeout. In, in this spot, you wouldn't want to throw the challenge flag because you would be penalized. But like, if it's over two minutes, throw the challenge flag, even if it you don't think you're going to win. And it's going to be a timeout either way. The and irony of what you just said about calling a timeout is that the Vikings literally used their third timeout the play before the game day. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. And the funny thing is, if they called timeout again, they would have gotten penalized. And Mike, and Mike Zimmer somehow wasn't involved. Yeah, um, I mean, it shouldn't be on the the victim and I use victim in quotation to, to, to write the justice system. It should be the justice system figuring this out. I mean, what, what are we doing? That's like you get, 
you know, you get T-bone at, at the intersection and it's your job to make sure that you bring in all the evidence uh, to, to convict the person who actually T-boned you just right. get it right. Right. It's, it's, I'm in a wheelchair over here. Come on. O'Connell should have gone to Kirk Cousins and say, put the chain on, take your shirt off, run on the field <laughs> and tell him to stop the game. But, but again, do you remember, I mean, we, we talked about this late last season, the NFL out of nowhere changed the way they operate. And on these, they only do it on these Island games. They never do it with these like one o'clock games where there's a bunch of like, I, I don't understand how whoever is sitting in New York working in the officiating department, they, they, they can't handle more than two games at once. Or they're overwhelmed. They miss all this stuff. It's like put one person on each game, and if there's a controversial situation, buzz the ref and say, "Hold on a second, we're double checking this." I say it all the time. Just hire Gene Steratore, Mike Pereira, um, the guy who does ESPN and, and Sunday Night Football. Those guys get every and single Gene call Perry, right. You know? Terry McCauley. Terry Mike McCauley Pereira, and um, was in the was trending on Twitter for some reason. Um, all right, what's next, Breach? What's your What's your next topic on this game, Breach? All right, so then we go to overtime. That was, we just finished the, the game, David sketch. The Bills get their field goal. The Vikings drive straight down the field. They're like, you know what? We're just going to run the ball because uh, everybody's worn down. And you know what? I also throw in a pass to Justin Jefferson because I've been doing that the entire game, which Justin Jefferson had another crazy catch. I don't know how many crazy catches he had in this game, but out of his 10 catches, at least five of them, I think, could officially be labeled as crazy. This is the one, third and 10, he catches a pass that takes him down to the two-yard line, which was just another bananas play uh, that he had. But unfortunately, the Vikings were able to punch it in. And they kick a field goal. Hello, Mike McCarthy. Maybe you need to call Kevin O'Connell. Uh, take the field goal in overtime. <laughs> trust your defense. Yikes. And then obviously, Josh Allen throwing another interception when your team's in field goal range. It's okay to play it safe. You're, you're in a good spot. It's only second down. You don't have to try and force something. Who but he pick? did. And our guy, P twice, Patrick Peterson. P twice. I think our, our, our colleague, Patrick Peterson, who we're told uh, emphatically will not be joining us on the podcast tomorrow. So breach, you mentioned the Dalvin cook um, run right before that run late in the third quarter, Minnesota, as you said, they were down 17. What do you think their winning percentage was at that point? Their chance to win the game? I should say. It was, like, it was like historically, was it like historically low? Give me a guess. Um, you can 1.7%. Two percent. You just got smoked on that one, Breach. Ten percent. Are you crazy? Oh, oh, actually, actually hit that. <laughs> so, also here, here's another sad fact. If you're a Bills fan, um, that red zone interception that you talked about the end the game breach, that was in the last two games. How many red zone interceptions has Josh Allen had? A lot. Four. My God. Four in the last two games. It feels like, and look, this may be the injury. And a lot of times when guys get hurt, they don't say they're hurt and they play poorly and, and people get frustrated because they're not the superstars we want them to be. Whatever the excuse is, he looks like 2020 Josh Allen and before. Well, and one thing real quick is that Carson Palmer was talking about that this week. He had a UCL injury in 2008. And he said, look, you can play with it, but it, you, you lose some mustard off your throw. And, and you so lose a ton of accuracy. Well, I, but if you think you're going to force a ball in there and you're usually throwing it 80 miles an hour and now it's only going 70 miles an hour, uh, that means the defender can make a play on it because it's not getting there as quickly as you – and his football is not traveling that fast, but this is an example. Well, and but, so, but you also start overcompensating. So your 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 footwork changes, your mechanics change, everything changes because you know your ball the ball's not traveling as fast off your you – know, so you're not spinning as fast as you want. And so you're trying to like – you're stepping forward early. You're trying to anticipate before you should. You maybe then you start not reading the defense as well. Like it's a trickle down effect here. The last 10 quarters for Josh Allen, 
are if it's it's, it's virtually impossible not to look at the last like you see the graphic on the screen if you're watching on youtube youtube.com slash pick six hit the like button if you're watching First six games, six turnovers. The last three games, seven turnovers. Second ever the Packers game, that disastrous L against the Jets last week. And then this debacle, Josh Allen for 10, is it 10 quarters? Yeah, 10 quarters has been, like as you point out, Wilson, 2020 Josh Allen. And the Bills are not winning the Super Bowl if this is the offensive product that they are going to produce for the rest of the season. So I said this on HQ moments ago with our guy Joe Musso and BMAC. It's a great appearance, by the way. Thank you. I was repping the, the Pick 6 brand with a stupid hoodie. Um, I don't know how you pull off the hoodie blazer combo. I can. I tried to do that. They made me. fun of me. Yeah. I'm Denzel and you're Danny DeVito, to borrow your, your term. <laughs> okay, I'll take the dunk and that's rude. Oh, I had to throw the town hard. I had to throw the Danny DeVito back in your face Danny from an DeVito, earlier. That's, you, bro. Like that's a, from an early. You said it earlier least, about another one of my colleagues. I was throwing. You it at least give me like Charlie Day. <laughs> Come on now, Charlie Day can wear a hoodie. Uh, but what I was going to say is, um, with Josh Allen, I can't remember after I made fun of you, but I'll, I'll tell you this fun fact, and I'll remember in a second. This isn't a fun fact if you're a Bills fan. It's a fun fact for everyone else. The Bills have not scored. And this is from James Palmer uh, of NFL Network. So I didn't verify it, but. I think his account was verified, so I'm assuming it's true. The Bills, it's fine. the Bills have not scored a touchdown in the second half since week six at Kansas City Breach. Oh, that's a problem. It's a huge, it feels like that's something you say about the Steelers, not a, a team as high powered uh, as the Bills. Especially because yeah, they've lost, uh, they lost to the Jets. I, I just, the whole, the way this Josh Allen thing, and we do need to move, I mean, this is the biggest game of the year so far, right? Uh, so far, I think. Like, I mean, like, like, we, we were pretty guilty of spending a lot of time on like the first game we talk about, but this game feels like it was worth it. Um, Allen, with the way the injury played out this week, it was crazy. Like, it, I felt throughout the week that we were going to get some really bad long term news, and they're like, actually, he's just going to play. That reminds me of what I was going to say before I rudely called you, Mr. DeVito. Um, you're definitely more real. Thank you. Definitely more Rhea Perlman. I was going to call you, uh, and I, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Move on, as Billy likes to say. Uh, here's the thing, to, to your point about uh, Josh Allen's elbow. When he played, I was shocked because he didn't practice for much at all during the week. He showed up at practice on Thursday or Friday, I think, and didn't do a whole bunch. And, you know, then they rolled him out there, and he looked okay. The first drive, he almost threw an interception. He underthrew a pass on third down. And here's the thing. Like, if Josh Allen should have sat out a month and then come back three weeks from now, and be 98%, I get it. But is it worth risking him, especially when he punched the ball out from or tried to from Pat P and, and appeared to hurt his elbow further? What if we find out now he has to miss six weeks or eight weeks or something crazy because he played when he shouldn't have played? Because as Breach noted, Carson Palmer said this injury is, you know, it, it saps, some of your, saps some of your energy and whatever. And again, I'm just speculating. Hopefully he's 100% tomorrow, but it just feels like maybe caution would have been the, the best course here. But I say that, knowing that if they had won that game in a fluke way at the end, we none of us would have cared. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, okay, let's talk some Vikings for – I almost set my timer. We're going to do 3.5 seconds of Vikings talk. Vikings are good. All right, moving on to the next game. Um, <laughs> is this their signature win? It is their signature win. Is this signature win enough to prove to you that they are – so? Minnesota has now played in, according to our crack 
CBS Sports Research Department. They have played in seven, they've won seven straight games all by one possession. That's tied for the longest streak of its kind in NFL history. The other team was the 2020 Chiefs, who went to the Super Bowl, granted in 2020, which is a weird, a weird year. Um, like I, I don't I, I think I think the I think the difference we, we talk we you know it was weird. We do talk about the Vikings every week and we mention this that we like the Vikings, the Vikings are good. They play in these one-score games, but every one-score game with the Vikings now feels a little bit more like under control or calmer, or you trust them a little bit more to find a way to finish it off. Whereas last year, you're like, I have no clue what the Vikings are going to do here, but it's going to be crazy. It's going to be like an explosive TNT detonation. They've, and they're going to lose. That's, gonna, that's what you thought last year. Yeah. So this team is going to the playoffs. Going from, and, 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 sorry, not to cut you off, but like this is when we talk about in the offseason, and Bill Barnwell's been ahead of this. I mean, like a lot of you know, a lot of people know about this. It's one score games. One score games are generally luck based. When you go six and eight in one score game, you play fourteen games, and fourteen of your seventeen games are one score. Like you are, you are living on the edge. Your season could go. You could have the number one overall pick, or you could have the best record in football. That's just it's a it's an oblong piece of pigskin inflated with a like a, a bladder full of air. And it bounces around funnily, like funnily, if you want. I mean, the point is, like, if you're if you're involved in fourteen out of 17, 14, 14 out of seventeen games are one score games. You are a, uh, it is a very like you're you're walking a tightrope, and, and that's I think that's the only concern with the Vikings this year too is that seven and zero oh in one score games is so unsustainable. Yeah, no, it's like stomps and guts. The football outsiders did back in the day that we've talked about before. Breach eight and one. This team is going to the playoffs ninety nine point nine percent. So I guess the question is clearly Kevin O'Connell's an upgrade from Mike Zimmer, but what constitutes a successful season? Like one playoff win, an appearance, two playoff wins. Because eight and one is extremely impressive, but at the end of the day, as Brinson notes, the the one score wins. It feels like at some point it might catch up with them, and it, it you ha- you see the Kirby makes some mistakes early in the game, and then he comes and makes some miraculous game-changing throws. Dalvin Cook had a huge game. The defense stepped up. All those things that you want to happen. But how confident are you in this team, and what is what constitutes a good season in your eyes? Well, I think they need to win at least one playoff game. If you I, if they if they I, win this division and lose the wild card round, I, I don't think I, I, anyone I, I, in Minnesota considers successful. I disagree with that, only in the sense that, like, if, if you're a Vikings fan and you're looking at the start, and you're thinking, man, we got a great coach. We have a court, a competent quarterback. He's getting a little bit older. We can start looking at the draft for another one. We have an elite running back at Dalvin Cook. We have probably the best receiver in football, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you're more. you're sort of glossing over the tough part. I mean, you're not going to find a quarterback in the in the draft that's going to help you next year. Okay, well, let me. You, know, so, you, you just start looking for one to back, to like come in behind Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. So you're saying what would constitute a successful season? Are you saying I think if you I think if you run away with the NFC North, it's a, it's a, a successful season. If you lose, okay. Well, let round? me. I, 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 I don't think you got to win a play. If you run away with the North and then lose in the wild card round, that's, that's not insanely successful. disappointing. And and here's the crazy part: if the season ended today, the Vikings would open at home against the 49ers. Who are you betting on in that yeah, game? Boy, yeah, boy, yeah, boy. <laughs> I mean, the 49ers. Obviously. Yeah. 
And you but, would you saying, would like, be happy as a Vikings fan if, if you lost no. to the 49ers 21-20? There's a difference no, between being happy as a as a fan and saying, okay, this see like if the Vikings finish with how many how many losses? Uh let's say they lose three games and, and lose to the 49ers well, in the first Kevin round. That was a coach of the year. 13 and four. Let's say they go 13 and four. 13 and four division title is a successful season. It's not if you lose. Uh, yeah, I mean, like on paper, obviously, yes, it's successful. <laughs> look, look, but obviously, I don't think fans would be happy if they just make the playoffs lose. Yeah, because game. now the expectations have, have pivoted, have changed, and you're like, if we don't win the Super Bowl, it, everything sucks. But the reality is, coming into the year, when your win total is eight and a half or nine or whatever it was, if you go fourteen and three, but the the Vikings don't know their win totals eight and a half or nine. That's us talking about it. Their their ideal no. is to win to, is to. Is to you know go to the playoffs and win playoff games. I think everyone in that organization and every person who's a fan of the Vikings would be extremely angry if they went thirteen and four and but lost dude, to the 49ers. Playoffs, playoff games are just like a wild card game. You get a wild card game. It's Dallas or San Francisco. Like that that game could just go either way. It's not fair to judge a season based on sixty minutes of a, a wild card game. Sort of, I mean, sort of, you sort of if, how it works. If, if the Bills losing the wild card round, you think Sean McDermott will consider this year a successful season? We did it. He was injured for part of the season. Oh, yeah, okay. oh. That's a wild take. That's wild than your Chase Claypool. I say this all the time. It's like, like you. Oh my god, my voice is breach level high. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean it's like you. You can have a great season and just get a bad draw in the playoffs, and that's sometimes. Of course, you'll be disappointed. No one's gonna be happy about it. Did the, t- the Titans have a good season last year? They won 12 football games and yes, had no good advantage. the AFC. Nobody thought that they, they would be there. And then uh, they went into their, they went to the offseason with a bad taste in their mouth. That I think that is where the Titans fans leads. seem happy in that stadium. Well, that's that's how the playoffs. They did not. Game. That's how play, when you play when you, playoffs in football, it is so random. It's the smallest sample size. Weird Using thing, that logic, no team should be angry if they lose the first round. No, I'm just saying that realistically, if you said here you'll go 14 to three. You'll just get run into a, a a hot 49ers team in the wild card round. And, but that's your season. I think Vikings fans would be like, well, that, I don't like the ending, but 14 and three sounds pretty effing good. Yeah, that's that's a loser take. Not you being a loser, but like a, a, a team of losers who's willing to be happy with 14 and three and then uh, not doing well in the postseason. Okay. We're going to take this defense real quick. If you told a Vikings fan in August that they would go 13 and four, yeah, win I mean, the division, and Kevin Connell's first year to coach, they would all sign up for that. Were you happy the at the end of the Super Bowl if I told you in August that the Bengals would be in the Super Bowl? I consider their season a successful season. If, if you're like, hey, listen, Minnesota fans, you're going to go to the Super Bowl, you're going to lose 55 to 10. Like, no one's going to be. No, I don't know if they can take that heartbreak. Right, no one's gonna be happy. It's not heartbreak. It's just like curb stomping. Breach, no be happy. Breach crying outside of SoFi Stadium. of my life. That says to me that he wasn't happy with how things transpired. Right, yeah. you can be happy and cry. You've never had tears of joy. What kind of life have you led? Once I've had him once. Uh, David okay. Nichols in the chat. Like, I think you know, Brinson thinks last year's Packers season was a, a success. <laughs> it was. They went thirteen no, and. Stop well, it. Let go to break. I can't take this. I need to regroup. Oh my god, you guys are. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break and we come back. Um, I guess there are other games in the NFL that we should talk about next. What? My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. 
Healthcare.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right. Huge gap between We've half the show on uh, a, th- a, third, a third of the share breach. Of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Look at us. Look at us, Jeff Saturday. He won his debut. What do you mean, look at us? So I said last week, if he wins like 21 nothing, Joshua Daniels needs to get fired. And I picked the Colts to win this game. I I had the Colts in the uh, revenge game parlay. Breach? I, I picked the Colts to cover. All right, I'll give you that. Does that say more about the Raiders or more about the Colts? I think it says more about the Raiders. I also I think it says more about, like, you hire the interim guy who's, like, rah-rah, like, like, Hype guy, and he comes in. As you like to call it, the dead cat bounce. The dead cat bounce, if you will. And how about the fact that Jim Irsay stepped in several weeks ago and said, Matt Ryan's not playing for this team ever again. And Jeff Saturday's like, actually, he's going to play this week, Jim. Well, that's the thing. So I saw the game, you know, as it's a starting because the um, the Bills game was going into overtime. And I'm like, wait a second. Sam Ellinger looks a lot like Matt Ryan in that he's older and taller and skinnier. And then I'm thinking Frank Reich's probably sitting on this couch drinking a beer, having the exact same conversation, saying this dude made me bench Matt Ryan for Sam Elliger. I get fired two weeks later, and now his his buddy uh, Jeff Saturday slash Sunday comes in there and says this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't somebody, know. Somebody in the chat said any given Saturday. That's pretty good. I don't know what the particulars are in terms of how Matt Ryan got back in the game. I don't know if Saturday. No, 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 no. Uh, Jeff Saturday probably said I'm not taking the job unless. Matt Ryan is no, starting. I, I know he started. I, what I said was, I don't know if Jeff Saturday explained after the game why Matt Ryan was the quarterback. And my point is that if Frank Reich didn't have that pull or Chris Ballard, why does Jeff Saturday have the ability off that 20 and 16 high school coaching record to come in there and say, hey, this is what's going to happen? And oh, reach so his point. a little known fact. Um, I don't know if you, have you ever seen Weekend at Bernie's? Yes. Neil, uh, I mean, Bernie Neil is Jim Irsay is Bernie. Bernie Lomax. Yes, Jim Irsay is Bernie Lomax, and Jeff Saturday is uh, the, one of the two guys who work for Bernie, and they're just parading Jim Irsay. Andrew McCarthy. And... Propping him up. Good call, yeah. Andrew Silverman. Have you ever seen Weekend of Bernie's 2? No, I did not see that. That's going to be the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. I haven't seen it, and I can imagine it's probably not going to be great. So um, Derek Carr came to the, the the podium after the after the game for his press conference. It was literally crying with – basically saying how hard this team works in practice and how terrible they play on game days. He said it in a much more, in a much nicer way, but the implication was there's no reason for us to be losing these football games and he ain't wrong, but my God, they're finding new and exciting ways to lose. And um, before we sort of focus on the, on the Raiders, I will say this shout out to parks Frazier, that dude, 30 years old, never been a play caller. You know what he did breach? He leaned on Jonathan Taylor, didn't do anything super crazy in terms of trick plays, and let Matt Ryan throw completions he could complete. And guess uh, what? It worked out. I'm guessing that's Jeff Saturday probably sat down with Parks Frazier and said, look, buddy, you're calling the plays, but this isn't really complicated. 
We're going to give Jonathan Taylor the ball either every down or every other down. Uh, and when we need to let Matt Ryan throw, oh, yeah, Matt Ryan's starting because we're benching that guy who I don't even know his name because he's been so terrible the last few weeks. Uh, that's Jeff Saturday, not me not knowing his name. That's Ellinger. Um, and we're putting Matt Ryan in there and just call smart plays and we have enough talent to win. And Jonathan Taylor looked like the Jonathan Taylor that everyone thought he was going to be. He looked like that in week one when he went over 150 yards. In this game, uh, 147 yards and a touchdown. And that was it. If Jonathan Taylor's running like this, the Colts just, their offensive line looks better. Matt Ryan looks better. Every person looks better. Their defense looks better because they're not on the field as much. And so it's just like the old rising tide lifts all boats. That's nice what Jonathan call. Taylor does. So I'll ask you this, and this all you have to go on is four quarters. Is Jeff Saturday a good coach? Yes. You know what? I'm of that opinion, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because every few weeks, sometimes every week, I'm belly aching about how these offensive de- defensive coordinators, see Josh McDaniels, get elevated from a job that they're really good at to a job that is completely different and they suck at. And Josh McDaniels in round two as a head coach has been atrocious, even worse than the Denver run back in 2010, uh, in large part because sometimes guys who are good coordinators aren't good head coaches. Jeff Saturday didn't need to have a headset on on Sunday, and he did, and it looked good on him. He has great hair, but I think at the end of the day, he's letting the defensive coordinator do his job. He's letting the OC do his job. He's cheerleading. He's giving pep talks. He's supposed to be a great leader, and apparently uh, that has been the case through – a week and maybe he is a good coach. Uh, unfortunately he, he got the job in a crazy way, but they won the football game. So for a week, uh, Jim Mercer has been vindicated. Well, the thing well, is, well, well, let's, I mean, wait, Jim Mercer, the guy who forced Sam Ellinger in there for the week. That's why I said for the week, I guess he's been vindicated just Saturday. No, 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 no. This is like the classic hype man, like get amped up team gets good. Like, Fade the crap out of the Colts, like moving forward in the, in the short term. Why won't they be hyped up for every game? Because I mean, granted, they play the Eagles next week. Going to be a sad conversation next week when Billy's got to defend why the Eagles lost to uh, Jeff Saturday. The guy was coaching high school football. It's coming. Um, I, you know, it'd be great as if uh, Doug Peterson hired Frank Wright as a consultant. He's out to the Eagles. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, if if <laughs> Nick Sirianni is what I meant, hired Frank Reich, his old boss, because Sirianni came from the Colts, hired his old boss to be a consultant, like an offensive consultant. So he's still getting paid by Jim Irsay. But he's like, actually, I bet that, that that actually could happen this week. How bad do the Raiders suck that Jeff Saturday two weeks ago sent out a tweet that said the Raiders are horrible? And that couldn't even be bulletin board material for a team to beat a coach who has previously coached high school and for the last few years has been a media bobblehead like like us. This is a this is a, this is an elite tweet from uh NFL and CBS at NFL and CBS. Jeff Saturday becomes first coach since at least 1950 to tweet that a team looks horrible and then beat them within the next two weeks after never having coached at the college or pro level before. That's that's legit and true and sad. I, I think I think that um, there are a lot of Colts fans. I saw this in my mentions. Um, yeah, they're like because I tweeted out the Joe Thomas take on Good Morning Football, and they're like. Like everyone's tagging old takes exposed. They're ripping Cower for his take on NFL and CBS, uh, the, uh, the NFL today, excuse me, on CBS uh, on Sunday morning. But like, y- y- you can't, you can't justify 
hiring a guy with no coaching experience based on one win against a really freaking terrible Raiders team. Uh, ben Solak, who has been, has, has he been on the pod? He's been, yeah, friend of the pod. He's been on the pod. Um, he said, this is a good, good tweet. If the Colts win, the story will be about Jeff Saturday. What it should be about, the 3-3-1 three, three and one Colts benching Matt Ryan, who is playing perfectly acceptable and at times extremely tough and impressive football for Sam Ellinger because ownership was impatient. I love Ben, but I think that's stretching the truth on how Matt Ryan was playing. Let's be real. Well, I mean, the offensive line was playing like awful, awful. I'm just saying. I mean, there's Matt a Ryan was, Matt Ryan was fine. He wasn't good. He wasn't great. He was fine. Yeah, that's. They're that's, three, dude, they're three, three and one and like in the hunt. And they and basically Jim Ursay was so mad about Carson Wentz that he took it out of Matt Ryan because Frank Reich also was involved in that and then fired Frank Reich and then hired Jeff Saturday. And good. You, you won. Great. Congratulations. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't agree with the Matt Ryan part of that, but I get it. The overall point's fine. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. We'll see. I, I mean, I thought as I was telling Breach earlier, I, I think Jeff Saturday, maybe, maybe he's cut out to be a coach. It's just a matter of him skipping everyone, <laughs> everyone in the line to get there for the interim job. Right. Um, I mean, like, I mean, I, I think the bigger story isn't about Matt Ryan. The bigger story is about the the numb nuts on the other side of the field. Like that's a huge concern. Like breach, which coach, which owner leads the league in having after game meetings with the with the coach? Oh, easily Mark Davis. It is. <laughs> I, I think Davis is like like one and a half games ahead of anyone. Like the next closest. Literally every game, there's like a note in Josh McDaniel's locker that says, "Please see the owner <laughs> after your eventual loss," because we know you were At going Chipotle. to lose. <laughs> I just saw this from uh, uh, Melanie Collins. Uh, our colleague said this on the air. Apparently, um, Jeff Saturday had to give up his fantasy football team in order to be a head coach. And yeah, so he gave, he turned it over to Eric Decker, who's going to manage his team. He turned it over to Eric Decker. You someone, know, in, someone on you the know Saturday still pulling the strings. That's why Taylor got all those runs. <laughs> someone, <laughs> um, like bench, bench, Russ. Do you know what the craziest play in this game was? And I, my mouth dropped watching it. Do you guys the know last play or the next to last play? No, it was Matt Ryan. Oh, with yeah. a run. It was the longest. It was the longest rushing, biggest rushing game of his career. Thirty-nine yard run. Matt Ryan, who is near 40 years old and is probably the slowest man on the field by far, had a 39-yard run in this game in a key situation because it came with uh, under seven minutes left to play in the fourth quarter on a drive where the Colts scored the eventual game-winning touchdown. So, I feel like he should have um, pointed into the booth wherever uh, Ursay was sitting and saying, and did the old uh, the old X move from wrestling back in the day. So you know, and, and, you know, you know, like, like if you're if you go out and you, it's called shooting your age in golf, and you go and like, you're like you're eighty, like you're eighty five, you go and shoot an eighty three, like you beat your age, right? Like that's a it's a huge accomplishment. But Matt Ryan ran for thirty nine yards. He's thirty seven. I feel like that's kind of like shooting your age, but for football. Um, I, uh, I like one of the that cases that we are convening in sometime in the next seventy two hours to discuss Josh McDaniels being fired. Zero. I, I don't think it's going to happen. So, I mean, yeah. you can't just keep firing coaches. I want to say quickly before we move on, um, the fourth down play, fourth and six, that ended up falling harmlessly into the end zone, 15 yards uh, from the end zones where the snap was taken. You could have just thrown for a first down. Uh, instead, you throw to Devontae Adams, yes, but you throw against uh, Steph Gilmore, no, and Steph Gilmore's been playing pretty well, so incompletion there. But the concern, the biggest issue for me was the play before, third and eight from the um, – or the, the play before – was third and six from the 15. Uh, Foster Rowe just drops the ball in the end zone, and, and that would have been the difference maker. That would have put him up 
26-25 before the extra point. So you can blame the play calling at the end, but the, the Foster Monroe can't drop that pass in the end zone. I mean, that's just that's unacceptable, but par for the course. Let's move on and discuss the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins! Tune on. Tune on is, is in the street and rolling right now. The Dolphins absolutely torched the Browns. It didn't come in the way that you would think in the sense that it wasn't like Tyree Kill for 6 billion yards and 5 touchdowns, but they won 39-17. Uh, Jeff Wilson, 17 carries, 119 yards, 7 yards per carry and a touchdown. Uh, by the way, he was uh, they added him, oh, a week and a half ago or two weeks ago to a great game, 25-32, three touchdowns. Jalen Waddle, decent game. Tyree Kill, not much, but a touchdown. I mean, the Dolphins are just good. They're... Did do we? I bet the Dolphins to win the AFC East, and I'm happy about that. I'm sure Dolphins, Dolphins fans aren't happy with you because you've been crushing Tua for for years. Oh, you see, did you see that? Like there was a. a I was now. I was not. I, first of all, I haven't been crushing Tua. I was not on the list of the dude who was like holding up the sign of the game. The receipts, yeah, the receipts. But I am on the main list. <laughs> I'm pretty early up there. I'm actually between like. It's like a depressing like combo that I'm between. I'll go look it up. But um So Breach, I'll ask you this because it's something that's always in the back of the, my mind. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but is Jeff Wilson that much worse than Christian McCaffrey? That's ridiculous. Jeff Wilson's good. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And actually, the fact that the Dolphins picked him up, I'm sure Mike McDaniel was just sitting at home when this trade was made going, oh my God, is Kyle really going to give me this dude? Because now you have Mostert, who you had in San Francisco, Wilson, and you can basically just alternate possessions or just keep going with the hot hand. Uh, And both these guys had the hot hand today. So, I mean, the Dolphins didn't need any more weapons and now they had another weapon. I mean, Jeff Wilson having, what, 140 total yards, something where around there, 143 total yards. That is bonkers when you consider who else is on this team that they just brought someone in who's producing like that. Is Tua uh, in the MVP conversation? Yes. He 100% Agreed. has to be. Well, yeah. I mean, especially when you factor in like I mean, Mahomes is probably – this is a weird year right now because Allen is falling out, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got four interceptions the last two games. Because of the record. Mahomes is kind of the default favorite. I feel like this. I feel like Tyreek could win the MVP. No, he's not winning it. Right, like a like a week sixteen, like three hundred yard explosion by Tyreek could could tilt it. <laughs> you think <laughs> that would help? <laughs> Mark did it against the Chiefs last year. And won the, uh, by the way, I love it. I love that uh, two receipts spelled Sean Payton wrong. Did did uh, Jamar Chase win the MVP last year? Well, offensive rookie, you're, you're uh, this fella named McCorkle Jones was the favorite until uh, you got dunked on by the Bengals. Oh, oh, oh. you're talking about MVP. Uh, also worth noting, like Tyler Sherfield, he's a really good player. Trent but, Sherfield, I, but sure, go ahead. Trent, sorry, yeah, I, I think that uh, Tua's actually elevating his play as well. I mean, I talk about you know Tyreek being great for Tua, and I think it goes both ways. So Tyreek only had five for forty-four. Uh, Trent had four for 63 and a touchdown and a fantastic touchdown in the back of the end zone. So it's just a matter, sort of like you mentioned, Jeff Wilson and, and Raheem Mostert. I feel like uh, Sherfield is also benefiting from this offense where Tyreek and Jalen get, get most of the. Yeah. The, J- the, Jalen hurt. So like 
Jimmy water. Garoppolo is good at Kyle Shanahan's offense because he is a smart distributor of the football who plays a point guard point point guard style role. Tua is a better version of that, and that's why this is working. And he's left-handed. <laughs> well, and he's from Hawaii. Uh, d- does it bother you that we are tuning on paid for uh, Twitter ver- verification? Why would that bother me? I mean, you've been very adamant about not paying for Twitter. Yeah, but I didn't pay for that. People are free to do what they want. I thought you were running to it on. That's Wilson's. That's his burner account, man. I'm but running out if you're on the podcast. I'm running breach it uh, on. Who wins the AFC East? I think we're sitting. By the way, we haven't even talked about this, but it's Week Ten, and the Bills are the number three team in the in the AFC. The Bills are sixth. AFC East, excuse me. It is Week Ten, and all, all three, four, all, four. all four. Yeah, all four. They have the number two seed, the number five seed, the number six seed, the number seven seed. The AFC East, ladies and gentlemen. My my my. That is interesting. All right, so, all right, so two questions. Just pick now. We won't hold. We won't hold anybody's feet to the fire later. One, who wins the division? Miami. And two, how many teams from that division make the playoffs? Four. Two. I'll say Miami and two. Pat's about to get red hot. I don't think that's crazy. You know what? All four in? It's been that crazy? That type of year, crazy-wise? I'll say the... Dolphins? Do I want to say the Dolphins? Yeah, you do. All right, I'll say the Dolphins and two get in. Two I, total? I, Dang. I think, we're, well, I think the Bengals are going to get in, and that's not just me being homers. That means somebody's coming out. Steelers are getting in. At the I think we're charge. I think we're a Chargers Sunday night football win away from all four NFC East and all four AFC East teams being in the playoffs through 10 weeks of the season, which is... Brenton, I don't want to break it to you, but four teams from two divisions can't be in. Well, but they're in different conferences. Oh, I thought you said the Chargers win if the Chargers had won. If the Chargers beat the 49ers, they'd be out. The Washington football team would be in. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, see, in, in football, they have the NFC and the AFC. And they're two different conferences. But All right, well, what's that? I was trying to help you with confused listeners. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you guys later. Um, <laughs> what are we doing next? Oh, my God. Actually, right, so we, uh, we're going to do a uh, little bit of uh, Germany talk. I love Germany. What's your favorite town? The Bucks jumped all over your boy, Eugene. Sorry, Gino Smith. Is is he back back to Gino? He was Gino for the first half, and the second half, he he refound his form. I think Gino in Germany is the the, uh, kryptonite in his game. Bucks are about to win this division by like six games. (laughs) Fool's goal. I mean, this this feels like a fool's goal situation to me. You're you're, going to be like, you're going to be like the, the at drill Twitter account. You're like, as Tom Brady's winning his eighth Super Bowl, like I'm not owned, I'm not owned as I shrink into a tiny husk of a cob. But this was Brenton's theory two weeks ago that like if the Buccaneers get in, you're at least afraid of them. And you just look at say the playoff standings right now. The Buccaneers would host the Giants in the yeah. wild card round. Who are you picking? The Bucks. The Bucks are you're picking Tom Brady. Like, no, I'm, picking the, I'm picking the Giants. But this would be four or five, and then they would play who would they play the uh winner of I mean it you don't know. Wait, wait, say like, you don't need to go any further than that. Let's yeah. say this is the four seed and they win. They would probably play the what the three seed, which would be Seattle, who they just beat. Yeah, in Germany. Uh breach. If you're the 
if you're the Buccaneers and you get to the playoffs and you lose in the first round, you've had a successful season because you won the division. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, granted, you have Tom Brady. You expect it to be better, but with what this team's gone through and the offensive line is battered, you lost Gronk. I would say yes, that that would constitute a successful season. By the way, Wilson, you really have completely botched this whole NFC South situation. Why is that? You before the season, you were like the Bucks are going to stink. The Bucks are 500 halfway through the year. What they are you stink. talking about? You should be, you should be <laughs> hyping yourself up for your this, call. This yeah. is not a good time to bring that up, Brinson. I no, 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 I'm saying, no, I'm saying that Wilson was like, the Bucks are going to stink. And but still I also find a way to win the division. Like it's ex- it's happening exactly the way he said. No, it. no, I I picked Jameis Winston and the Saints to win the division. Let's I, I'll keep that real. I did think oh, the Bucks were going to sink. And I'm still not sold on the Buccaneers. I think going to Germany and beating the Seahawks, who had to travel an extra eight hours, breach. I'm not sure. I use a flat Earth situation, not the round Earth, in terms of getting to Germany. <laughs> well, so I they- mean, look, the mileage was about the same, but the big difference is the time zones. This game started at 6:30 a.m. on the, the players. The, 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 the Seahawks hadn't played a good defense since week two, and they played one on Sunday morning. I mean, are the Buccaneers that good of a defense? Yes. Their defense is not good. The, the One of the issues is that Geno was a little conservative in the, in the first half, and he looked a little off. And it, the Seahawks' defense was finally exposed. Their front seven stinks for the most part, especially the front four. They just don't have enough bodies. Uh, Nuosu Seahawks, is all, Seahawks are cratering, is what you're saying. <laughs> Nuosu is great, but they don't have anyone that's – I mean, Bruce Irvin is back on the roster, and I saw him last week. I was like, oh, my God, is that the Bruce Irvin? Um so I, I saw them tweet out a video of him. I was like, I thought I thought he retired like a year and a half ago. Bruce Irvin, who became the first player in NFL history to play a game in five different countries. Great fact. Wow, that's fancy. First and only. But yeah, so I think the Seahawks. So will the Seahawks win the division? Let's start there. Six and four versus I think the what are the I, I think the are coming hot. 49ers are five and four, and they're just a half game behind Seattle. And the other question is, are the Bucks back? And by back, I don't mean are they going to win the division. Yeah, no, no crap. They're going to win the division. Are they going to win a playoff game? Yes. The Bucks are minus four thirty to win the division. We do not. Oh, the Bucks have oh, the easiest remaining, easiest remaining straight the schedule of any team in the NFC. What the do Bucks. you What do you think the odds are for the 49ers or the Seahawks to win the NFC West? I have it in front of me. 49ers is minus something. Seahawks is plus something. That is plus correct. 200 and minus 120. Wait, wait. The 49ers are minus 220. Oh, my God. Mm. And the Seahawks are plus 190. You were close, Breach. The Rams are 35 to 1. The cards are 40 to 1. Rams are done. Yeah, the Rams are toast. We'll, <laughs> skip, we'll skip past them shortly. Um, Cardinals are done. I think the 49ers are about to rip off some wins here. This is sort of what they do if they have enough healthy pieces on offense and defense. Yep, they got the healthy pieces. I'm not sold on the Buccaneers. I'm nervous about the Seahawks. And I love the Seahawks, but I just think they got to get right defensively. I mean, Geno's not even the problem, but they didn't win in Germany, Breach. 0-1 in Germany. All right, what's next? Next up, the NFC playoff picture got a little muddled because your boy, Mike McCarthy. My yeah, God. He, he went down to this big overcoat, did a walkthrough. He's smiling. Do you see the do you see the video of him walking on the field at Lambeau Field? And that brown, that camel that hair. Big brown camel hair overcoat. Yeah. He's just grinning ear to ear. And the Cowboys Hands jumped down. out to a huge lead over the Packers. And then they might McCarthy themselves. 
So they sort of reverse Mike McCarthy themselves. And Breach, you can go through the particulars, but I just want to put this Brinson-like conspiracy theory in your head. Do you think, as he decided to go for it in overtime on fourth and four, that he was going to do the opposite of what got him fired in Green Bay by Aaron Rodgers and sticking? It, it, Green- it felt the way the whole the whole game. And Aaron Rodgers' face, or do you think he legitimately, based on his time away that one year after consulting with PFF and other analytics organizations, that that was the right call? I think he thought it was the right call, and he's like, I'm going to go prove it. I'm not conservative anymore. I'm going to prove to those Packers fans <laughs> that I've got big onions and I can make these big calls in big okay. spots when I need to. And no, it, this was this was absolutely – you're Mike McCarthy. The reason you got let go is because whatever, you didn't mesh with Aaron Rodgers anymore, but because you made so many – just asinine decisions, and he's been such a good coach this year, and then, boom, you have something like this come out. It is overtime, man. Take the points because your defense, you have the Cowboys defense, one of the best in the NFL. Yes, they struggled a little bit in the second half, but all you have to do is stop the Packers on one possession, and the game's over. Hold them to a field goal. You get the ball back in sudden death. But so uh, if anyone didn't watch the game, it was fourth and three in overtime from the Packers 35, so they could have tried a 50-yard field goal or go for it. I don't want just, to interrupt you. But I, have, I have breaking news. Uh oh. We have a Paramount Plus gift card to give away. Ooh. I couldn't wait till Breach finished his thought about what was going on at the game. The squirrel ran across my. Oh my gosh. Focus. So, Breach, continue. If you hit the like button, you're eligible to win the Paramount Plus gift card as Breach continues to talk. But we have to get a certain number of likes. Go. Yes. No, I was just, I finished my thought. I was just setting up the situation that was fourth and three at the Packers 35. In overtime, so you go for it or you attempt the 53-yard field goal. But if you make the field goal, you're up 31-28, and you know if you stop the Packers. If they fumble, if there's interception, if you stop uh, just anything, the game's over. And and you put that – your defense has been so good this year. Let them win the game for you. Um, now, granted, a 53-yard field goal in Green Bay uh, is no gimme, uh, but it was just – Especially if you're Mason Crosby. Well, was yes, he did miss one, but this – it's not Mason. Crosby so, not let me ask you this. Why, after the play failed, predictably, did Mike McCarthy rip off his headset and throw it into the turf like he was angry about something? What was he? What could he possibly be angry about? Maybe who Dak threw the ball to? Maybe you thought Pollard shouldn't have gotten it? I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm he just speculating. Not much of a choice. <sighs> well, maybe he's mad as an offensive line. Maybe he was mad that he second guessed himself right. After the play, and it said, "Crap! I should have kicked the field goal." Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Uh, Do you want to hear a extremely sad fact? Had the Cowboys found a way to win this game, and if you were a Packers fan, so Amari Rogers muffed a punt, which is not uncommon. He made that a career at this point, which is extremely frustrating. Um, he has seven career fumbles. He also has eight career catches. Really? That is impossible. That is impossible. Jeez. Except that it's not. By the way, Teddy Pollard is just way better than Zeke. Well, Zeke didn't even play. Um, yeah, Link Davis like, came in and actually did really well as backup to Tony Pollard. But yeah, absolutely. Um, our, uh, our the Cowboys running back coach talked about that last week, and he basically said that if Pollard doesn't have the build that Zeke does, and when he plays a whole game, he gets really beat up. Yeah, and, and, then, so, and then Pollard went bananas after he had like thirty snaps. <laughs> true, but that. That's what their excuse is. That's why they say Pollard doesn't. No, Barbara will tweet this out. And then, like, uh, our, uh, obviously, our colleague and, and friend of the pod, Jared Dubin, pointed out, like, it's so obvious that Pollard was going to have this good game, but it wasn't, like, explosive and super efficient. And then Jerry's going to be like, well, you know what? You know, you know, we got to go with that boy. 
It's like, yeah, like, like we go as Zeke goes. Like, do you? Do you? And this is just going to sell Jerry on that point more. Oh, we lost, and I don't care what Tony did. We're bringing Zeke back. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Zeke Elliott, not Ezekiel Elliott, not my friend Zeke. Just for those. Mm. Sorry. Um, I hope you thought we were talking about your friend Zeke. I know. Are the Packers? Are the Packers? Are they back? Are they kind of back? No, close. The they're bad. Uh, they're not the bad. Take the CK away and add D. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're not. They're still a terrible football team, and they played. Yeah, and Christian Watson looked awesome. Four catches, three touchdowns. Finally, um, there was one play in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. Uh, he lost the ball and the lights or quit running. I mean, dude, just running the ball hits you in the hands. Those those must be the sorts of things that just drive Aaron Rodgers crazy. And um, Greg Olson, who's awesome, pointed this out. He says, when you're running a deep route, you don't look back at the quarterback. You look up because that's where the ball is going to be. And he slowed up. Christian Watson did. And he's a rookie. And I actually love him. I, I love him coming out of North Dakota State and when he played with with um, Trey Lance and all that, but he's had a tough year, but he, he, the first touchdown catch he made in that game was also a bomb. And my first thought was if he had dropped that pass, he, he would have been done for the year mentally. Cause he dropped a, the very first throw of the game that came to him 75 yarder in week one that sort of haunted him. He had two drops prior to that tonight uh, in the four o'clock game uh, on Sunday against the Cowboys. So I was glad to see him sort of put it together. Um, still some things to work on, but uh, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers has some frustrations, but has to be happy. And also, I'm sure you guys saw Aaron Rodgers come out the field yelling and screaming at Matt LaFleur like he was Cliff Kingsbury and Aaron was, was Kyler Murray. <laughs> uh, Robert Thomas correctly points out, I did once give out my buddy Zeke's uh, phone number on the podcast. Mm, that sounds about right. That Zeke did not appreciate it. I, 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 saw, uh, I saw Zeke today, actually. He's uh, my, my godson, Teddy. Zeke were in town. That was very exciting. Um, moving on. Yeah. Playoff picture. Oh, yeah. okay, quick playoff picture peak in the NFC. Philly is one. Many is two. Obviously, Philly has a tiebreaker over many, <laughs> but the, the Vikings are eight and one. Philly's eight and no. Oh, they play on Monday night. Seattle three at six and four. Tampa fourth seed at five and five. The Giants are the six, the, the fifth seed, excuse me, at seven to two. Dallas six and three is the sixth seed in San Fran, five and four. The seventh seed. If you had to do a um, pick your like pick your wild card teams right now. Again, we're not going to hold your feet to the fire, but like you know, you got to pick three wild card teams in the NFC. Who are you going with, Breach? Uh, the teams that are in: Giants, Cowboys, 49ers. Yeah, I was going to say. Really? I mean, I think just, there's too big of a gap. Right. I mean, it, the Commanders or Packers have four wins, and I think they'd have to catch the Cowboys or Giants because I don't think the 49ers are going to get much worse. Mm -mm. Um, I, I I would the Niners are probably going to make the playoffs. They're 100 percent going to make the play. Who behind them is going to push them? That's the question. Right. I mean, that's what Breach is saying. Here's Here, my like, here, here, for the here, Packers. Here, 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 real quick for the Packers, they get the 10 and seven. They have to go six and one. And so when you look at it in terms <laughs> when you of say that, it like that, it's a little different, <laughs> right? And so that's what basically these teams are going to have to do to catch the Giants, Cowboys, or 49ers. 49ers have a, a, a these. Yeah, I just I think those are the three teams. All right, my wild card teams are. The Dallas Cowboys, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Green Bay Packers. Packers. So the, the 49ers winning the division? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not gonna be like old takes exposed for this. So the Giants fall out? Oh, you will be. The Giants have a 95% chance of making the playoffs. Or do you We're, think according to what wins over Wilson? That that that's Steven, that Steven O, but okay. Oh, I well. Sure. I didn't hear you. What'd you say? <laughs> Brenton, if the Giants <laughs> 
<laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, I'm just trying. I'm sort of being hot takey. It's fine. That is super hot takey. I just there's no team eight, nine, or ten. Uh, I I can't the, even the do Giants, the Giants. The Vikings are like again. Like I I believe in the Vikings. I think the Giants are a very a good team. But when you're involved in one score games, man, stuff can go sideways pretty quickly. And Wilson, you said there's no way the Giants can miss it. The Giants do have the toughest remaining straight of schedule any team in the NFL. Well, I'll, I'll put your words back on you, Breach. The Washington Commandos, the Green Bay Packers, the Atlanta Falcons, any of those teams going six and one? No. So I, I will stick with Brian Dable, who almost his head almost literally blew off the top. The Carolina so, Panthers. Yelling uh, screen, yeah. There's a path. Everyone's still eligible. This, I can't wait to this Thanksgiving pod where we're talking ourselves in the <laughs> the Panthers and the Bears making the playoffs. Mm. There's a path. No, there isn't. All right. What's next? All right. Moving right along. Crap, I went to the wrong slide channel. What's next? What are we talking about? There's the every, every too many chats. I'm we sorry. pick wildcard teams? We already talked we about it. We just did that, yeah. We are going to talk about the Lions and the Bears. Lions, what about the Tigers? Lions and Tigers and Bears? Oh, my. No. <laughs> um, dude, I mean, the, this game doesn't matter at all. It matters. It matters, of course. For jobs, but not for playoffs. Absolutely. Right. I mean, uh, both teams are three and, uh, excuse me, the Lions are three and six now. The <laughs> Bears are three of, and seven. Somehow ahead of the Bears in the division, which is awesome. But like the thing about the Bears is, I mean, if you're a Bears fan, are you not kind of feeling good about what's going on? You're absolutely stoked about what's going on. No, 100%. Yeah. You love it, yeah, just you have a quarterback. You have the best quarterback in that draft class. Uh, he threw a terrible pick six to Jeff Fakuda's former teammate, uh, and then came back and ripped off a sixty something or seventy something yard run. Two seventy two straight weeks of seventy yard touchdown runs by a quarterback. So I mean, he can make mistakes, but first. he can make up for mistakes. There are only two quarterbacks that can do that: Justin Fields and clearly Matt Ryan, who did it on Sunday as well. But I mean, I'm not even. <laughs> Joking when I say that Justin Fields might be the best running quarterback in the NFL. He, he is the first player in NFL history with two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, and a hundred plus rush yards in the game. Breach Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields solely as a break the pocket running quarterback. Stop it. Stop it. What are you talking Let about? Him finish. Lamar? Jesus. No. But Justin Fields is good enough that he's getting there. I mean, the fact that we're even having this conversation. When four weeks ago, everyone was ready to bench Justin Fields and call him a bust. And, uh, you know, the offense coordinator finally sat down and said, you know, maybe we need to completely revamp our offense and design it around our quarterback. Maybe that will help us be successful. And that's what they did. And it's working like a charm, except that uh, Bears don't have a defense to help him. And uh, fun fact, Bears are the first team in NFL history to lose three straight games where they scored at least 29 points in each game. Wow. Uh, mm. Justin Fields, also the first quarterback in NFL history with 140-plus rushing yards in back-to-back games. Like, what? this is what drives me nuts about the Matt Nagy era. You you really didn't – you had a chance with this first-round quarterback just design a – like a design-run offense and then let him do his thing when he's scrambling and get loose. He's a monster when he gets loose. Well, I'll that sort of echoes what I've been saying about Jeff Saturday. Maybe Jeff Saturday's a good coach because he's not an OC who graduated to head coach and thinks he knows more than everyone else. He's just sort of a, a cheerleader who's good at motivating people. Matt Nagy was was not that. And it's not clear that he was good at dialing up plays because he's now 
back in Kansas City, um, we're in the, you know. The- how, how many players in the NFL have more rushing yards through Sunday week, Sunday night football, week 10, than Justin Fields? Four. Any player. Not quarterback, any player. Four. Close. Breach. You with us? What's the question? Yep, exactly. What's the answer? Uh, yeah, yeah. You just you just signed away your life. Uh five is the answer. Saquon, oh, Saquon, Saquon leads the league in rushing. Yeah, he's good. Saquon, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Damian Pierce, Justin Fields. That is wild, man. And by the way, the reason I'm I'm sort of leaning towards Justin, I'm all I'm a huge fanboy all of a sudden over Lamar as a running quarterback. If you watch the last play of the game, which was a fourth and eight, uh, with like less than a minute to go after the the Lions had gone ahead, and Justin finally got sacked, but he literally shed three tackles from guys who weighed north he's of three hundred pounds. He's a lot thicker than Lamar, and he runs a four four or whatever he runs. You're not catching him in the open field. Lamar's the same, but Lamar's going to go down if you hit him three or four times. And it took a the fourth defender. It wasn't Anzalone. It was someone else who almost had to body slam Justin into the back of the end zone to get him down. And that's one of those things where, like, you you, you got to tackle him, but you're going to slam him down. It's going to be a penalty for roughing the passer. That's why I'm leaning towards Justin. Um, but, again, obviously, Lamar's the man. Uh, good point by P.S. Moo, who, I mean, obviously a terrible person because he hadn't seen a weekend at Birdies. But uh, they're playing a lot of man against Justin Fields, which you just don't play man coverage against a running quarterback. They you play zone, you're facing the quarterback, and he won't run. And you force him to throw into your zone coverage, and he'll make mistakes, and he can't run. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com Yeah, they won. The Lions said. Sure. Right. Beat the, beat. Moving on. The Chiefs. 
stomp the Jaguars. Talk about quarterbacks from last year's draft. I mean, sure, Mac Jones is like the 15th best quarterback in that class, but Trevor Lawrence is at least the second best quarterback in that class. Chiefs still flexed on him. Patrick Mahomes was great. Kadarius Tony had a big day. Travis Kelsey, very nice day as well. Uh, the Jags were headhunting in this game. Mm. Andrew Cisco hit was was not a flag. I don't think it should have been a flag. And in fact, if you see the replay on Juju Smith-Schuster, who got concussed and had to leave, and hopefully he's okay. And uh, Andre actually tries to to move his head out of the way when he when he hits him on that on that play in the middle of the field. I don't know if they were headhunting in other plays, but that one sticks out as one that I thought was. Was he tried his best to get out of the way? Obviously, you don't want people to get out. Oh, anyway, congratulations to whoever took the over on uh, me going to get ice and refilling my drink because I'm going to do a second one. Um, so, Chiefs, Jaguars, discuss so much yourselves. So, Breach, did you see the Kadarius Tony touchdown? Uh, no. All right. I'm going to put it in Slack. And, Billy, if you want to put this on the screen, you can because I have a question that's a, probably the, the best question I've ever asked. So, Kadarius Tony scored in the first half on a little swing pass. Um, the first quarter of the game, late in the first quarter. And if you watch it, he catches the ball, and he gets two feet down around the seven or eight-yard line, and then he hops in because he's sort of straddling the sideline. So what happens if he catches the ball and he just straddles the sideline with his right foot and he hops in for seven yards and never gets his left foot down and goes out of the end zone? That's incomplete. Yeah, I think right? I'm watching it right now. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was he watching got... that live going, oh, my God, did he get both feet down early in the rep? And you can see it here. So, look, he just hops. He's like, okay. And he keeps going. And he's like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's an incomplete pass. But he got two feet down when he caught the ball. But that was my first thought. Like, why would you? I mean, I, I granted, he wanted to keep from going out of bounds. Right. But as soon as you hit the end zone, <laughs> put your feet down. I was dying. I was hoping that part of me wanted it to be like incomplete just for the conversation. But it is also funny that this is Canary's Tony's first touchdown in the NFL, by the way. Uh, he played for the Giants the entirety of last year, was injured for most of it. And he looked electric. He he made some plays that if you, you sort of squinted, it looked like Tyreek in terms of going up for balls and catching them over people much taller than him. Um, but he's clearly going to be a, an important part of this offense, especially if Juju has to miss some time with a concussion. And, and how much do you think Kadarius Tony loves playing in the Chiefs offense versus the Giants? Have offense? you ever heard anyone say they don't love playing in the Chiefs offense? Like no. Le Le'Veon Bell wanted to get out of Pittsburgh and sometimes you hear that about other teams around the league. No one ever says that about Patrick Mahomes or anything. It's Andy like Ray. you were driving a covered wagon and you get a Ferrari. That's, <laughs> that's the change you make. That's exactly what it's like. You know, at least Jacksonville went out and threw the kitchen sink. They were like, you know what? onside kick to start the game and they recovered oh, yeah. it and it's like oh maybe jacksonville's gonna do some crazy stuff and and stay in this game maybe at least keep it close and then you have doug peterson going out there and punting twice in kansas city territory like dude you're not gonna beat the Chiefs punting in kansas city territory and my favorite one was when i think he punted from uh kansas city's 44 it's a touchback. Kansas City takes over at the twenty-yard line, scores a touchdown five plays later. Like so, breach. Uh, not to go back to the previous play. Kansas City's forty-four. The, the commenters say that two feet, whether it's the same foot, equals inbounds. So you can, if you hop twice on the, on the that's right, not, that's not true. Hop. No, because we've seen catches on the sideline where a guy touches it with one foot, touches it. You like? No, you have to get both feet down. That's what I thought, but I maybe no. three feet. You can't. You can't hopscotch your way to of catch with two right feet. It's, um, it's, it's, there's a reason it's called both feet down. 
All right. I'm just telling what people said here. I thought this exact same thing. You're telling me you catch a ball and like do like a one-legged hop with your right foot. That's exactly exactly what Kadarius Tony did on his first touchdown. That's what Yeah, you cannot hop. It's got to be both feet. There you go. Take that, commenters. Nice try. Almost got me. So, Breach, I think the highlight of the day for Raleigh Patterson was the onside kick because he missed two field goals. Not that they cost him the game, but those are things that can't happen when you're trying to be a good football team. Yeah, that's not ideal. Riley, Riley Patterson struggled. And the other part was that it came after Jacksonville scored a touchdown to cut it to 20 to 7. This is with uh, under two minutes left. 35 seconds. This is with, this is with uh, like 10 seconds left in the first half. Jacksonville kicks off. Kansas City fumbles the kickoff. Jacksonville yeah. picks it up, and they're about to get 10 points in 11 seconds. But then uh, Riley misses a 41-yard field goal, and that just, you know, you can't miss two field goals and be punting from the 44-yard line. Can I, uh, am I, um, I feel like Jacksonville is better than 3-7, and seven, but they're also terrible. Well, do you want to defend T-Law? Right. No, uh, I'm not worried about T-Law. He's fine. You say that every week. When do you become worried about T-Law? I'm... Uh, I'm giving her. I'm giving her a free pass for last year. Okay, I'm asking. When do you become worried? I mean, look, J- look, Justin Fields. People wanted him benched four weeks ago, and I was like, "Well, look at this amazing, incredible quarterback." Uh, one thing: Jacksonville is actually 14th in DVOA, so they're basically they're above replacement level. And again, I'll ask you: When will you become concerned about Trevor Lawrence? You keep deflecting. I- I'm not concerned about Trevor Lawrence. So if he throws. Two touchdowns and four interceptions every game for the rest of the way out. You'll be fine with that. The rest, like, what is the rest of the way out this year? Yeah, the next ten games. Trevor, Trevor, look, I am, I am not going to take again. I mean, we're we're we're, we're a buck seventeen into this, so we don't need to rehash this. But Trevor Lawrence's twenty twenty one season should not be held against him. Okay, you dog Urban Meyer. We all dog Urban Meyer. We agree he's the worst coach of hire, coaching hire of all time. Right. Okay, go on. Why do you hate Trevor Lawrence? What did he do to you? Uh, okay. What's the next game? <laughs> wow. Oh, you, yeah, you know what? You know what it is. You're you're deflecting from McCorkle. You want Trevor Lawrence to stink, so it won't the McCorkle stench won't be all over you. The McCorkle Jones, who's the quarterback of the five and four Patriots, who are currently the seventh seed in the AFC. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a theory, isn't it? Happy. That's a hell of a theory. <laughs> Mostly to hate Trevor Lawrence because he wants Pococo to be the best. Uh, yes. That's Maybe it. he hates him because of his hair. That'd make more sense. Thank you, Breach. I, I, Common sense I prevails will... yet again. What's next? With your quit making up I, stupid if, theories. If, Let's get if, on the next if, game. If I'm not in like the card, you know, like the you know, trading card or like 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 football cards are like big right now. Like, okay. It's a thing. I would be buying Trevor Lawrence rookie cards. Yeah, but you also thought NFTs were a thing. You thought Mac Jones would be the best quarterback in this draft class. Guess what? That- oh! <laughs> the difference is right, I didn't spend $10,000 on NFTs. Hey, That's moving along difference. to the NFC. We're not talking about the NFC. God, the NFTs. Look, look, the same guy who I blame for this podcast, Eric K., is to blame for the NFTs. Okay, Try to be into him. It's not someone else's fault. Go ahead. What's I, haven't nice? for, I haven't logged in for a while. Uh, AFC playoff picture. We talked about the NFC. Kansas City won at seven and two. By the way, the Bills are the sixth seed all of a sudden. Number three in the division. Miami, the second seed at seven and three. Tennessee, three at six and three. Baltimore, four at six and three. 
And then the wild cards, Jets, Buffalo, both six and three, and the Patriots, five and four. So I ask you guys, if you were picking your AFC wildcard teams right now, and you can choose the Jets, the Bills, the Pats, the lowly, lowly Bengals, you can't pick the Steelers, but, you, but you know, pick your three teams. Who you got? Steelers are still alive. I think Breach is actually right. Oh I think the, God, I think the Bengals. Up. I think the Bengals are going to find their way into it. Mathematically, they're still alive. Of course I, they are. Yeah, yeah. So That's how math works. So the Panthers. Uh, the Bengals. I think they're going to make it, Breach. And my concerns with the Chargers is that everyone on that team, except for Justin Herbert, is injured. That's a huge issue. I love that team, but I, I have those. Brady Steelers getting fired. Sean Payton's taking over. That's Pete those Chris concerns. And then also, I don't trust the Jets, and I don't trust the Patriots, and I might not trust the Bills if we find out that Josh Allen can't play. Yeah, it's a lot of people you don't trust, Ryan. You have trust issues? That is insane. <laughs> uh, you know, I do feel like, uh, you know, the Chiefs feel like a lock. The Dolphins feel like a lock, even though they have a rough schedule down the stretch. The Titans feel like a lock. The Ravens feel like a lock. Titans are win the division by before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think I just, I knocked the Patriots out. I put the Bengals in. And then, man, I don't know. It, knock out the Jets. I think the, it, and the, put the Chargers the, in. The, look, the thing oh, about the Jets, nice. the Chargers. Like no, I don't know about the Chargers, man. The Chargers still have to play the Raiders, the Broncos, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Colts. That's a great point. Uh, Breach, why, Breach, could you remind me why the Chargers didn't go to the playoffs last year? Because did they, they went did nine they, and eight. They decline a free tie and a free trip to the playoffs against the Raiders by 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 like did like. They just declined it because of bad, questionable coaching, questionable coaching. I think Sean Payton wants that job in Los Angeles pretty bad. I, I think Pete's right on this. Sean Payton and Justin Herbert would be pretty hot. The team, the team has four players that are healthy. I don't oh think Joe Lombardi, Joe Lombardi is actually Lombardi the, the answer. But my, my point is that they, they took it. They played for 55 minutes with the 49ers with four players. So I get it, and obviously Sean Payton <laughs> is going to be able to probably pick his place. But I mean, they're five and four. It's not like we're talking about the the Jaguars, who are three and seven, or Josh McDaniel, who's two and seven. I mean, well, I mean yeah, they're, those teams are worse. But I mean, I, I mean, we're not talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers at three and six. I, I think if I were picking right now, man, is Miami going to win this damn division? Yes. God, that's crazy. I mean, I bet it. Miami winning the AFC East. Are you going to donate half the proceeds? Buffalo was like, this is our division. After 20 years of just Bill Belichick, like raining hellfire down on everyone. And then Miami's like, actually, it's our division. Would be crazy. I think I would. I think the Bengals would make the playoffs for sure. God, you know, who's going to make the playoffs too. God, I hate when you guys all agree with that. Uh, no, I don't think they're going to make it. You know who else is making it? Jeff Saturday. I mean, Matt Ryan, like you can't, you're not going to make it with Sam Ellinger. You may, might make it with Matt Ryan. Breach, if this makes you feel any better, Stephen O going into this weekend had the Bengals playoff chances at 30%. So I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse. It makes me feel better. No, dude. Better, better he said. Th- Jeff they were- Saturday gets coach of the year if the Colts make the playoffs. Can you? Yeah, you can win as an coach. Can you bet that? Holy sugar puff. Is he even on the board? And don't forget, in pure Ryan Wilson fashion, 
uh, Mike Florio tweeted that he would get a tattoo if the Colts if, if the Colts go undefeated with Jeff Saturday. I, I mean, I am I, like I don't want to get torched for having bad takes on Jeff Saturday, but I'm willing to get torched if it means Mike Florio has to get a Colt horseshoe on his ass. And so the Colts playoff chances before they did what they did to the Vikings was ten point four percent. So that obviously will go up. Had the by the way, had the Browns had the Browns beaten the Dolphins and the spread was only like plus four for a while, their playoff chances would have gone from the teens to 25%. And I was thinking they were sort of a dark horse because you get Deshaun Watson back. And if they could replicate what they did to breach his team before the bye a couple weeks ago and do that to the Dolphins, then they'd be cooking with gas. But clearly, uh, Jesus had a, had a different plan. I, I, I do think it's it's interesting to note the strength of victory here in terms of winning percentage. Like the Bills. The, everybody's like panicking about the bills and, and, and you know, we spent 30 minutes talking about them. 527 winning percentage. Like or in terms of the strength of victory, like the Josh Allen elbow injury, of course, like changes everything about this AFC playoff race. I mean, I just don't know. I'm trying to figure out, like, I think, the, I think the Bengals can jump in. I think the jets maybe fall out. The Pats could fall out too. What about I mean, Cleveland with Deshaun coming back? The Browns, need, three. The, the Browns need to win this game. Remember that, all that thing we said about a team having to go? Uh, <laughs> they have to go seven and one to get to what? Ten and seven. You think the Browns are going seven and one? No, they're not. And even if you only want, if nine games is getting in, five the six yeah. and two. The only, if any team's going seven and one, breach it's going to be the Steelers. We all know that. Can you all right, so, now, I only do that to go seven and one, but the Browns' next two games are against the Bills and Buccaneers. If they get two and zero, then we'll reevaluate. How about that? They have the Bills, the All Buccaneers, right. the Bengals, and the Ravens still left. Let's do a lightning round on four games. Wilson, tell me something interesting about Saints Steelers. I didn't realize that game happened today. Um, okay, that's weird, but <laughs> oh my god, just give me a quick synopsis of it. Um, turns out, breach Andy Dalton still stinks through two interceptions. Yeah. Oh, ho, ho! Uh, the Steelers still have- stink. Have gone to a running. Oh! Are you done? I mean, this... yeah, I'm done. I'm done now. Are you sure? Because I'm willing to sit here. And... Oh! Hey, now I'm done. Yeah, the, the funny thing, like this is your podcast, and you, you somehow make it worse by by you know doing the things you do. That's just you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, by the way, breach. This is a little uh, a sad Andy Dalton fact, which I'm probably sure you know. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe Rudder, the the trip review in Pittsburgh, before the game noted that Andy Dalton. Not only has Andy Dalton lost seven starts in a row against the Steelers, his teams that he's played for, whether the Bengals or the Cowboys or the the Saints, have dropped 12 straight when facing them, whether he's on the field or on the sidelines. My God. <laughs> so you just yeah. don't have Andy Dalton on your team if you're facing the Steelers. Yeah, so it's going up to 8-13 and 13 now. Uh, the Steelers did running back by committee, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, and that finally had some success, uh, but they still are not very good. Your fun fact for Texans Giants. The Giants are the first team in NFL, in NFL history to start 7-2 or better with all of their wins coming by one score. This team is the replica of the first year. Remember when the Bills made the playoffs and like uh, our buddy, um, how was his name? He went to law school, had a hyphen in his last name. I can't remember. Anyway, um, he complained when uh, uh, the Sean McDermott benched Tyrod Taylor for Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman probably threw four picks against the Chargers. This is mm-hmm. a replica of that first year Sean McDermott Bills team. 
the Giants are. They beat the Texans. They move on. So, Cardinals-Rams. Who wants to provide a fun fact for this? Ms. Uh, Barrel. If, uh, I'll give you a fun fact. Game. Okay. Let's see what I write down. I think I have it. Oh, yeah, here it is. I know what you're doing. Stop it. No, I'm looking. I wrote this down right before I did HQ. So, Breach, what do you think the Cardinals' record is on the road since 2021? 11-3. Uh, it's good because they suck at home. So, uh, what did Brenton say? 11-3, is that right? Yeah. He's continuing uh, there's, to sab- a graphic on the TV. Continue to sabotage his own podcast. But that, that was my fun fact, which is hilarious. <laughs> I, because I, I nailed the answer completely. All right, um, what's next? I think, by the way, I think that week 11 i would say the over under for matthew stafford being shut down for the year 11 week 11 and a half over under i mean it's week 10 now week 10 might be the the uh, over under you lose next week and cooper cup hurt his ankle i think he's not next as fast as i thought it was so that's the super bowl you move on you, you, you reset come back next year Sean McVay will be there will be there will be so many profiles of Sean McVay this all season Oh, he's re, re, rejuvenated, rededicating himself, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Breach. Again, another team I didn't realize played today. Your Super Bowl winner before the season, the Denver Broncos, played your hometown team, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know what? The Broncos the actually <laughs> they actually looked good in Stop the first half. They were up 10-0, Brenton. Um, and so- then... It just got ugly, and they turned the Broncos. You know what, though? Ryan Tannehill actually looked good. The Titans, this would have been a big win for Denver because you're, you're <laughs> dominating a first-place team. Pants, take off the bra and be a man! But I think I've brought this stat up before. There have only been 15 games this year where a team has won a game scoring 17 or fewer points. And how many of those 15 games do you think the Broncos have been involved in? All I mean, of them. So the Broncos touchdown was a 68 or touchdown pass in the first quarter. That uh, yes. the, and he was completely uncovered to a and, guy who caught his first career NFL pass ever. He had never caught a pass before. The I game. think that's why he was uncovered. Like they didn't know he was actually on the team and he was just sort of staying on there. And they finished with 10 points. Yes. You're that surprised. Right. This is the Denver Broncos. That, that sounds right. And so how frustrated do you think their defense is getting? You give up 17 points. You think you're going to win. Uh, you completely shut down Derrick Henry, who only had 53 yards. You think you're going to win, and your offense just kaputs and falls all over its face. What they so do? I would say, look, the Titans didn't kaputs? play that well, but they won. <laughs> what is a kaput? Kaput. That's is, that, a, is that a real word? Is that a priest word? It's definitely a verb. You go kaput. Which I think, I, well, I the, the Broncos referring to is a poot. The Broncos season is is kaput. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. Um, but sure, Breach. I like your word. <laughs> the Broncos went kaputs. I'm not German. Do you, what, what, do you, did you think a kaput was like an ostrich fart? or like? What is that cool? It's when you go poot, but then you go ka. It's what toddlers do. All right. Fair enough. Oh, learn, I, was, learn I, was gonna, I was hoping, I was hoping neither one of us would say anything until Breach tried to correct it. Um, all right. Winners, losers, one each. Let's go. Uh, Breach, you can start. <laughs> Caput us off. Uh, do I start with my winner or my loser? Your choice. Dealer's choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Choice. My winner 
is uh, Justin Jefferson. That's an easy one, huh? Yep, took the easy one. Took the easy way out here. Okay. Awesome. Um, my winner is... Let's see. Who... Oh, that's an easy one. Jeffrey, Saturday the 3rd. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Oh, man. Uh, I was going to be between um, Dan the Man Campbell... But I think I gotta go with Tua Tugavaloa. Oh Thirty-nine points. They're leading the AFC East. They got a guy in the stands holding up a Tua receipts thing. That never blows Ooh. up in your face. <laughs> yeah, never, never backfires at all. Um, Jeff Saturday's a good one though. Uh, Breach, your loser. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Mike McCarthy. That's yeah, that's an easy him or his camel hair jacket because they both had a tough day. Was, on that the video is he's just <laughs> and he's up 14. Oh, it's just such a oh, it's a bad. Do you think he bought a new jacket or do you think he still had that from his days in Dallas? 100% I, bought it. I think I, I would bet a lot of money that that camel hair jacket that he wore to the game was like the one he wore into the Super Bowl or like some big game in Green Bay. It's like a memorable jacket. That's why, yeah. He was missing his pork by hat with his hats called pork, a pork, the, the Kangle. Yeah, yeah. Mike McCarthy in a pork pork pie hat is unacceptable. That would have been that would have been the <laughs> like, like chef's kiss. Like <laughs> All right, my loser. I'm going to keep it in Vegas. It's Josh McDaniels, and the fact that he has a job uh, should anger people who are currently looking for employment because <laughs> that man should be nowhere near uh, a head coaching job in the NFL based on the first ten weeks of the season. I'm going to say my loser, Sean McVay. I guess. I mean, that team is so banged up, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, actually, I'll file, 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 file for one. I mean, fine. When, uh, you win the Super Bowl, though. It's like you, you can, you can take a bad season. Um, how about, uh, Josh Allen? That's a good one. He's hurt. Four red zone turnovers in two games. He, he's, he's the last 10 quarters have been terrible. I think he leaves the NFL in interceptions. I might be wrong on that, but I think he does. Oh, did we not talk about four hundred chargers? We skip. Sorry for ball file, so that's on me. I don't know. You're in charge of the rundown. Well, that's actually on EK. What do you, what do you put it on there? Um, all right, we'll talk about 49 Chargers real quick. That's a great game, actually. Shh. Yeah, you put it there, number nine. Yeah, that's uh, that's on EK. Sorry. Okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> that's on EK for putting it on the rundown and you skipping it. I'll take I'll take the L on that one. We we changed up the Jeez, Will you? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for taking responsibility for something that you didn't do. Yeah, no, no, the PS was right. We start we we because we always start with Sunday night football. I thought we had thirty minutes on the freaking Bills Vikings. That was a great game. Fun. There was nothing wrong with that. All right. So here's What's my takeaway. Um, I was kidding. Uh, 49ers Chargers. So here's my takeaway in that game. Uh, Justin Herbert had four injured receivers out. He lost uh, Gerald Everett in the game with a groin injury. And the guys that were left, DeAndre Carter's a special teamer. Josh Palmer's in year two. He's good, but he's not a number one. Austin Eckler can't be your number one as a wide receiver, although he had to assume that role late in the game. And they were hanging on for dear life, and I thought they played as well as they could have played. And I haven't even talked about the injuries on the other side. Um, and for the 49ers, it felt like to me that they were sort of feeling their their way through the first half. And then once they started running the ball, with well, Elijah Mitchell, by the way, not, not Christian McCaffrey, uh, Elijah Mitchell finally returned. He went off. It feels like this is just a matter of figuring things out over the next few weeks. As we noted, they're going to the playoffs because the NFC is so terrible. No one's going to catch them. And then once they hit late December, early January, 
it'll be all systems go in terms of how this offense operates. Do you think that Christian McCaffrey is like going home tonight thinking, man, this dude just got off IR and they traded mad draft picks for me and they gave <laughs> EY Mitchell more carries than they gave me. EY Mitchell is good. I just think so why it was trade a- for him if you got you. That's what I've been saying. Like, right, Christian- right. I mean, I would have given Christian McCaffrey. Well, uh, what's the, uh, the Niners record to say trade for Christian McCaffrey? Are you saying that? I'm just asking. No? I'm, no, I'm asking you. Like you should know Wilson. that. It's like, hey, Wilson, what are the odds to uh, to win the AFC East? What What is the record of the 49ers since they traded for Christian McCaffrey? Have they? How many games they played? One or two? Two, and they're two now. They're two now, yeah. I knew they had a buy in there, so I wasn't sure if the. So they haven't lost. So you're you're a running back wins guy? Is that what I'm hearing? No, I, I think McCaffrey makes the offense better. And the 49ers are going to be a problem the rest of the season. Okay. I mean, there's no chance they're under 15 to one or they're, they're over 15 to one to win the Super Bowl. The Chargers had 52 yards of offense in the second half. And you can pin that on what the Wilson Niners, said with all the injuries. The about, and like, can, like everyone agrees that the Niners are about to rip off a stretch of wins. I, they're minus 220 to win the division. I will say one of the things, uh, the Chargers had no chance in the second half. Breach noted the yardage they had. They were banged okay. up. They didn't get anything done. Uh, but I will say that the officials, once again, they pulled the Gabe Davis in this game when, um, I'm not sure who it was for the 49ers, caught the ball the one-yard line for some stupid reason, either the long snap or the punter, congratulated him by hugging him and pushing him to the end zone. And Terry McCall, it's like, that is a freaking touchback. Why are they putting the ball at the one yard line, a huge egregious mistake. It didn't, I don't think it mattered. They would have gotten the ball to 20. I don't think the Chargers going to mount anything based on the way they had played prior in the second half. But it, again, it's just such a glaring error that should be so easily fixed. And yet, you know, here we are. By the way, the, uh, they're actually one, a two and one with McCaffrey. There you go. Pull up your pants, take off the bra and be a man. Um, I, I think I well see I feel like I feel like we talked about the Chargers because we were discussing the wild card conversation. Like they're gonna if they miss the playoffs, Brandon Staley has to be fired. Okay. I don't think so, but maybe. You have Justin Herbert for two years, you don't make the playoffs? Everyone on this team is hurt. They haven't they've had Keenan Allen for like 40 snaps. But dude, everyone on this team has been first of all, I everyone on this team has been hurt for years. Years. Th- that like, seems like uh organizational issue i agree with that yeah he's not the trainer what are you staley stand what's going on here sean payton's taking over this team i'm with prisco sean payton's taking over this team next year okay that very well might happen i don't know if brandon staley deserves to get be fired is all i'm saying i don't know don't... what do you think breach that team, the team the roster's loaded man you should make the playoffs i think the spanishes will sit down at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs and say hmm how can we sell a bunch of tickets and make money? And it might involve hiring Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is going to be like, hey, I will come coach this team and we will win a bunch of games. And they will say, deal. Bye, Brandon. <laughs> Thomas Scott in this chat makes a good point. This is the same trainers who stabbed Tyra Taylor to the lungs. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, dude. And that's the only reason they figured out how to start Justin Herbert in the first place. I cannot dispute that thomas that is a fantastic point one which i had forgotten about <laughs> they were trying to, get, trying to get tyrod ready for a start over justin herbert actually jabbed him in the lungs he couldn't play so they're like well justin 
go play the Chiefs. And Herbert went nuts. They're, they're not even accidental geniuses. They're accidental idiots. That'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Oh, actually, you know what? I already super- did my sign off. You I can't change. Super- I was gonna a Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl draft thing. We'll leave anyway. Next Wilson, week. Wilson Bye for Wilson for Breach. I'm Brinson. See you guys later. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.